Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. It's Sunday evening um, when we're recording this, which means there's a full weekend's worth of action for us to discuss. Uh, Alan is up in Manchester uh, getting ready to do Match of the Day too. Micah, you look like you're at home with your array of kind of trophies behind <laughs> you. Um, who's on with you tonight, Alan? Uh, Mark Chapman presenting and Leon Osman. What's it like being in the reserves again? <laughs> 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 I thought I'd leave you first team as two last night. Micah, you weren't on. You yeah. had a weekend off, Micah. No, I was doing the uh, the live game. Ah, Man City, okay. Chelsea. Yeah, you were very good. I, I tell you, I really like Daniel Sturridge, actually. He's good, isn't he? He's good, yeah. And he speaks from a striker's point of view, not just a defensive... That's boring. why I like him, Micah. Hey? <laughs> That's why I like him, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But I, no, I thought he was really good. And he's a lot of fun as well, isn't he? Oh, he's got personality. We're, we're going to get him on the pod. Now that he's back and settled, we'll get him on. Right. Where's he been? Yeah, well, he was ill. Then he went to right. Seychelles for a couple Ooh, of weeks. Nice. nice. Now he's back. How the other half live. Um, <laughs> Seychelles to Salford, Alan. <laughs> Just a um, big difference there, right? <laughs> yeah. Got a couple of interesting games to talk about. And let's start with Manchester United, yeah. who got off to an electrifying start. And um, I want to start with with Hoyland. Um, he's supposed to become the youngest player in Premier League history to score in six successive games. He's really bounced back and that speaks volumes for him because it, it was a struggle for him, particularly in the Premier League. He scored goals, obviously, in the Champions League, but they stuck with him or kind of forced to stuck with him in many ways because there weren't too many alternatives. But... He really, I like him. He's quick. He can finish, and I think uh, Manchester United have, have, have got a good one. Yeah, I, I think in fairness to us both, throughout the season, I don't think we've changed our mind or wavered at any chance, any stage, and said we do think there's a player in there. Um, even when it, it looked as if he was really struggling, and we we all said, didn't we, that we probably thought it was a bit unfair on him having to be in the position that he's, he's in at the minute, having to play every game because of injuries or whatever, they didn't have anyone else. Um, but I think, you know what, he showed great character. He really has. He's never stopped. His attitude was, has been superb. And now he's getting his rewards for that. Um, six games on the spin. I thought he was brilliant today. I thought his hold-up play, apart from his two goals, I mean, his second one is a really clever finish. Really clever. Oh, wasn't but, it just? Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, it was. It, there was no fluke about that at all. He knew exactly what he was doing, where he was, what he had to do. But take away his two goals, I thought every other part of his game I thought was excellent today. He led the line well. He worked his socks off. He brought people into the game because Luton basically went man for man at times. Um, but yeah, I, um, I'm really pleased for him because he has been under the cosh a lot of times this season. He's now getting his goals to, to keep him going. It'll be, it'll be loving the game right now. Of course, we know what it's like when you're not scoring. It's horrible, isn't it? It's, everyone's saying negative things about you. People are bringing the price tag up. How would you know? <laughs> <laughs> he'll be loving his football now. Can I just ask you two, as strikers, what has been the difference in terms of him now? Because before, why we had faith in him is because he was getting into the right areas. 
but now he's putting them chances away. So what is the difference between before and now? Probably getting a goal or two and then a bit of confidence. But can you explain, sorry, when you say confidence, yeah. guys, can you explain for a striker what that means? Because every time when mm. I speak to football fans and they said, but why does it have to take a goal for you to get confidence? So could you explain what that means? Yeah, it's, it, it's a very strange thing. And if there was a magical formula... Um, that we all knew, then we'd 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 score every single game. But football is is odd. I mean, take for example his second goal today. Whilst obviously it was an incredibly quick reaction and a bit of skill on his chest, that I mean that could have gone anywhere. There's no doubt about that. But it went in the far corner. When things are not quite happening for you, it hits the post. It goes wide. It's you in the face rather than the chest. Um, so th things like that, it, it's, it's bizarre. I've, I've thought about it so many times in my career. I don't know. But the truth is um, you will get your rewards and the people that tend to score consistently are the ones that are not afraid to miss. We've talked about this before and you could, you could take, for example, Haaland yesterday. Um, he had lots of chances. It wasn't his day. He had a bit of a shocker. But does that mean he didn't want to still get in there? No. This is what I'm talking about with confidence. With some strikers, they'll stop perhaps wanting to get in there. Or they, even if it's a kind of subconscious thing, not to, to like, you might stand behind a defender because you've got a, a slight fear of missing. Those players, I would suggest, are not ones that rise really to the top. That wouldn't have happened to Alan and it didn't happen to me. And the, the ones that do have really good high goal scoring ratios uh, are the ones that keep getting in there. When it comes to confidence, well, I, it's, it's a strange thing. I think it's in all sport, isn't it? It's like, it's momentum. It's, it's when things are going well, everything's well with the feeling world. Feeling good as well. Things go feeling for good, yeah. isn't it? Feeling, yeah. feeling important and feeling mm. I don't know red hot it's and also I think what will help them is that maybe a, a more settled side at Manchester United and I know there's always pressure on you when you play football and there's always pressure on you at Manchester United but when you're winning games and when you've got a little bit of a settled side big and bigger players back I mean uh, Rashford back and uh, Ganocchi on the uh, on the right hand side and Casemiro's back Varane's back um, so Mainu's you, been you, brilliant yeah when you put all those things together then just the little things make the difference and that it's there's no doubt belief and confidence it's worth mentioning too and it was I, I particularly remember one match of the day when you did it Alan that you raised um, the, the discussion around the amount of chances created by the two wide players from Manchester United that yeah. were next to nothing yeah uh, pretty pretty much nothing at all. Exactly. Um, so therefore, they're creating more. And if you create more and you keep getting in there, eventually the goals will come. And then once once one or two go back in the back of the net, um, it's 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 right. It's 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 between the ears, and um, which is always a cue for an Alan joke. <laughs> not, I'm not saying a word, Gaz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's good to see. But I, I, I mentioned Mainu in there. I, 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 I really Brilliant like money. him. I saw it. I saw him write um, tweeted tonight that he said he has to be called up um, in the England squad, and it is a position. You know, you would say there's a space there, wouldn't you? Perhaps alongside um, Declan Rice, unless he he might play a Trent Alexander Arnold in there. He's like Calvin Phillips, but. You know, obviously he's had his difficulties and he's struggling at West Ham. Um, the other alternative is obviously Jordan Henderson. He went to watch him at Ajax, but, you know, he's been to Saudi now. Now he's playing in a, you know, obviously not as anything like as strong a league as as the Premier League. And and this young man, I mean, he, he, every time I see him, I think he's so impressive, so mature in his performances. It's just his, like, his composure. You know, when in the game today, when the game was getting a little bit frantic, he was the only one really able to get his foot on the ball and still be calm in possession. In regards to England, it's always a tough one, isn't it? On ability, I would 100% take him. If, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Yes, definitely. And because he's dealt with the whole pressure of playing for Man United and fitting in, and don't remember a couple of games back, he actually made a mistake that led to a goal, but he bounced back from that. It didn't affect him. So you see his true character there. The only thing is, though, if we rush him too soon, is it going to spoil him? Is that going to be too much pressure? I was listening to a, um, 
uh, something interview with Jose Mourinho and he was saying what's special about Jude is he had his football away from sort of the English media hype and he was able to go about his business without having that much pressure and I just worried that if he was to go and play and start and do well are we going to put too much pressure on him but I do agree with you in that position at this moment apart from Rice there's nobody probably playing better so it is a little bit of a, a conundrum. Very, very good player. I think, like I said, with the pressure that goes with playing for such a huge football club and the way he's just come in and, I mean, he's just handled it so easily, hasn't he? Which has to be a great positive to go against what Mike is saying, you know, in terms of the pressure and England and all of that. Um, But he he has to be in his uh, thoughts. You can either handle the pressure or you can't, can't you? I mean, you're either that kind of player. You find that out at 18, 19, 20, 20, whatever it is. International's different though, isn't it, Gaz? I mean... Yeah, but imagine how much you could learn when you go away with this back. I'm not saying he's going to be in the starting lineup, but in in terms of that kind of... What would you sooner have as a player that might not play many games? A Calvin Phillips or a um, Jordan Henderson or a youngster like... Maynou that will learn off Bellingham and Rice and Madison and all these Trent Alexander-Arnold. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. It obviously, you know, we always argue and debate about who should be in an England squad and who shouldn't. And obviously that's why, that's one of the reasons that makes the um, England manager's job so so <laughs> difficult. But it doesn't half help when you've got good players to choose yeah. from rather than mediocre players. Correct. And he is a very, very good player at a young age. And yeah, um, I think it's great that we're talking about it um, that can only I, I think that'll do him the world of good as well because it'll, that'll give him if he needs any huge belief and confidence as well to, to feel as if he belongs there yeah I'm just looking at you there Alan and, and obviously I know you're in one of the dressing rooms because I've been in many of them over many years many 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 years you could have shut the loo door behind you <laughs> oh no yeah sorry yeah <laughs> I hope there's no one in it. it is, yeah, there's no one in there, no. <laughs> uh, that's five wins in a row for Manchester United. They're now just three points behind Spurs. They're making a little bit of a run after what looked like it might be a disastrous season. I mean, I don't know. I still, yeah, they're on it. They're on a good run. They look better. Um, results seems as if he's got everyone sort of back to. I don't know. All on the same page, if you like. I don't know for me though. I'm still not. I'm still not. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from them. I don't know what's going to happen from in 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 the next game. I mean, they were they were pushed all the way today. They were gifted a goal in the first minute, but they went out and they won the game. We've seen City struggle there, Liverpool struggle there, Arsenal struggle at uh, at Luton. So it was always going to be a, a, a really tough game. Newcastle got done there. So. I think that was a great win for them, um, but I still, I'm not, I'm still not hundred percent certain about them. Are you, Mike? I don't know. Yeah, there's just something I, I don't know because every time we say Man United look like <laughs> they're back, they let you down, don't they? So it's just sort of if they can do it consistently for another five games, and we're not talking about all wins, but getting they've got the Manchester derby in, in a couple of weeks. That's going to be the the real test for them to see exactly where they are. If they was to to win that or get a point out of that and do okay in the other fixtures, then yes, we'll talk about them more glowing with it. But I agree with Alan. The, the I won't say they're missing something, but I, sometimes they just give you something and then they take it away. So I don't want to get too excited just yet. You wouldn't get excited anyway if they're doing well, you fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's, there's no bias on this, this podcast. Um, I think it would be remiss of us not to, to mention um, Luton. They went down two down early and I thought they had a real go after that. I thought Barkley again was really good. Again. You know, he's, they've got something there. And if the, certainly of the three promoted clubs, um, they've been by some distance, I think, the best. I, I would say um, because... It was a little bit of a laughing stock at the start of the season, wasn't we? Nobody gave him a chance. We was trying to figure out how they're going to play. Then we did some on match of the day and that was really good with, with Doughty and Ogbeni. I think they miss Adebayo today up front. He got injured in the warm-up. I think Micah, was he in your fantasy team? <laughs> no, I, no. You took him out? Uh, no, I, you know what? 
Uh, I had to do a few changes. Don't ask me about fun. <laughs> You've had a bad weekend. You just absolutely killed my mood, you have. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Harland should have scored a hat trick. I'm well, my triple captain. Well, everyone triple captained him, didn't they? I, I, I saw so. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really clued in on this, except for the fact that my kids are obsessed by it, and as are you, as is the editor of Match of the Day, and as is Jermaine Genus. <laughs> And um, I, I saw something on the BBC Sport um, Twitter feed yesterday that said um, he was the most triple captain player in the history of fantasy football, yesterday, <laughs> with something like over one and a half million people. So he has made one and a half million people miserable, <laughs> but, miserable by his performance. But... It's a double game week. It, that's why they triple captained him. I, see, I'm not a fool. I know this business, <laughs> mainly because I hear it 24-7. What's this shit you two are on about? Uh, 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 we, 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 preferred, we preferred the real football. Uh, I think we'd have been triple captained a few times in our career if it was around in our day. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. I think it means you get three times the points, Alan. Exactly if you, if you that. Didn't know. Yeah, if... And you, is it right in, in the entirety of one season, you get one go at a triple captain? Yes, you get one yes. go at a triple. You see, you, you know you know how it goes. I, well, God, blimey, I hear it all the time. <laughs> of course I know how it goes. Um, Sheffield United, I mean, uh, uh, I mean today, I mean, uh, yes, well done Brighton, but I mean, the, the, the sending off was a, a moment of madness. I, I think, honestly, he just tried to kick the ball hard and he followed through it, but he missed the ball completely and... There was no choice, really, for the. Yeah, I don't think he went to do him. I, I think it doesn't make any sense. I just think he genuinely, and you know what slow motion's like, but if you see it from a distance in normal speed, I think he just went to kick the ball, completely missed it, with a bit of aggression. I don't think he deliberately went and booted him, even though it looks like that a little bit. I, do, I don't think so. Before before you go, Al, because you're, you're not impressed at all, I agree with, with Gary to a certain extent. It's one of those where... The ball's rolling slow as a defender and you think, this is my chance to get ball and man. So you get the ball and you go through the man as well and you kick him up in the air. But what he's done, he's only touched a little bit of the ball and his leg's still gone up and it's caught him in the top of his leg. In the end, it looked, there was an angle that looked absolutely disgusting. But I genuinely think that he's gone for the ball first, but he's mistimed it and he's, he's gone and it's hit him in the leg. Oh, I thought it was a terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible, I thought it was an awful challenge. I thought it was one of those where, and I might be wrong, where he thinks this is a free hit, I can take the ball and the money. And well, um, you take the, it was a well, shocking yeah, but, challenge. But it was a shocking challenge. He missed challenge. the ball. It was a bad challenge. You know yeah. what? You, as, a, as a manager and as a team, you plan all oh. week, right? You're working all week. This is what we're going to do. And then you're getting one of your players sent off for such a crazy challenge like that. I mean, it must drive you absolutely bonkers. And they were in for a tough afternoon anyway with Brighton. And the rest of the... I mean, I would have gone in and said, what on earth are you playing at, man, at half-time? Seriously, because you were up against it anyway, against a very good Brighton team. We're not going to have a lot of the ball in terms of Sheffield United. You've just made it impossible for us with a stupid challenge, crazy challenge, out of control, and you just killed us for, is it, for, for, a, for another weekend. I thought it was a nasty challenge. Yeah, all right. As well, when you've already conceded 10 goals in your previous two home games and then, then that happens. So that's 15 goals they've conceded in the last three home games. I know they won at Luton in the, um, between those matches, but um, I mean, it's it's going to be incredibly difficult f for them to stay up. It's, it's, it is going to be difficult. And I, I think there's a, a stat on Sky to say if they keep conceding at this rate, they're going to concede over 100 goals. I think they're at 65, something like that. They're going to concede over 100. And it's so, it's so tough, isn't it? Because I've been in them situations where confidence is, is shot. We mentioned about the, the confidence for the strikers and what you want to do as a defender, you want to make that first challenge, get the crowd behind you. But it just, it, it killed the game. Um, no team has ever conceded as many goals as at this stage as, as Sheffield United. On the more positive note, if you're looking at Brighton, Adingra, Simon Adingra, 
Um, I mean, we. I, funnily enough, I don't take too much credit for this because actually, I was. It's more of a tip from um, producer Harry alongside me at the when we did the kind of roundup of where we t- thought teams would finish. Um, we mentioned Adingra as an exciting young talent. And um, what a what a week or so he's had winning the you know winning the Africa Cup of Nations, assisting both goals, and coming back and then banging in a couple more today. Did he get man of the match in the final as well or something? No, did he? So I mean, they they absolutely battered. Best Sheffield young player United. of the tournament, Best Alan. Right, okay, Best yeah, young right, player of the tournament. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they him him and uh, him and Matoma down either side, left and right. They absolutely battered Sheffield United. I mean, they tied them in knots. Those two, didn't they? They didn't have a clue what way they were going to go, and they got they got battered down either side. By the time this comes out, Alan, we, we, people will have seen um, your analysis. If unlike me, they can stay up that late on a Sunday <laughs> night. Um, <laughs> I watch it. I watch it on catch up as I usually do on a Monday morning. But um, yeah. what's your analysis? It's that. It's the two how uh, Adingra and uh, Matoma um, just were relentless and went past them. Crosses into the box. So many crosses that it was. It was. Uh, I was sat there thinking, it must be great to play in this Brighton team. The number of balls that they're putting, quality balls into the uh, into the box, and obviously we're also having a look at the uh, at the red card. Uh, Alan, how yes. good is Pascal Gross? Yeah, very good. Is he one of the most underrated players in the Premier League? It's ridiculous. He, he gets an assist. He sets up an attack. He always passes forward. He chops, chops, chops and finds a way to get that little yard of space. And then I, I just think he's unbelievable. He can play wing back. He can play midfield. He can play attacking and holding. He can play, he can play anywhere. What it, a it, player he is. It begs the question really, Micah, is he in your fantasy team? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I had him in last year, but yeah. I had Matoma in earlier on and he got injured, but no, Pascal Gross, I've, my, my, my mind feels too good to be honest. It's just outside. It's, it's really tight in that little pack, isn't it? Um, um, because Brighton are up to seven, three points separate Brighton, Newcastle, West Ham, Chelsea and Wolves. Tight, isn't it? Yeah, it's really tight in that that particular area of the table. Okay, um, we've done um, today's games or uh, yesterday's games, if you're listening today, if that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'll work it out. Um, but we'll talk about Saturday's games uh, after we take a little break. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 
Welcome back to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and me, Gary Lineker. Um, we've talked about Sunday's matches. Let's switch our attention to Saturday. And the big game was always looked like being Manchester City and, and Chelsea. Liverpool and Arsenal, the other two title chasers, had already won their game. So there's a bit of pressure on Manchester City. And I thought, I thought Chelsea played pretty well, um, particularly in the first half. Um, in the second 45 minutes, they, they sat back. Uh, you were at the game... Micah. Um, sometimes it's different. You get a different perception of things when you're at the game rather than uh, watching it on, on television. So what did you think? I thought Chelsea were absolutely outstanding. Uh, that's the best I've seen them all season. Remember at the start of the season where I said there was showing signs of, of a good team and the patterns of play. They get to the final third and they wouldn't put it away. It was similar in, in this game. So it was strange because Man City went without a Bernardo Silva and Alvarez was sort of playing a little bit deeper when they was uh, I'm not sure it from, suited him, Micah. It didn't. Well, you know, it, I, I said that on Saturday on, uh, on, on, on Sky. I just think... On transition, Chelsea played brilliant. They sort of let Man City have the ball, soaked up the pressure, then it was like one or two passes. Jackson went on the left and then went up front. He was the best game in a, in a Chelsea shirt. Raheem Sterling runs in behind and Man City just couldn't deal with it. If Chelsea was a little bit more clinical, they could have scored two or three goals. I was really surprised with Man City. Everything was a little bit... Slow took too many. They're chances. due an off day, though, aren't they? I mean, they're yeah, so yeah, consistent. Yeah, but, but not brilliant. just because they had. I think in the game, seventy-one percent possession, so they're always going to retain the ball. But just in terms of that cuteness around the box, Haaland had probably three very good chances. He had an off day for by his standards, but yeah, it, I think watching the game and analyzing it and looking at the tactics of it. I thought Gusto for Chelsea as well was Two centre-offs as well, Micah, Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, Cole I will. thought especially Dezazi. Dezazi was fantastic. Really good clearances. His positioning was really good on certain uh, occasions in the game. But it was weird because around the 70th minute, they went to a five at the back. And that sort of played a little bit into City's hands where they tried to shut up shop and then that's where the Rodri goal it's came It's funny, from. I, I agree with that. I thought, I thought, I mean, Pochettino, I think it's getting something there. And you've got to look at Chelsea, a very young side. So I think they can grow. There's no question about that. I was very, very surprised when he took Cole Palmer off because... They were at a stage where they were struggling to get out and he was the one player that could keep the ball at that particular point and, you know, keep them in the game. And then he took him off, brought a defender on and they were kind of even deeper, weren't they? And it, it was kind of eventuality that would score and they could have actually pinched it in the end, Manchester City. But obviously Haaland had an off day. Yeah, it's just subconsciously, isn't it? It's like when you're when you're trying to hold on to something, you think, okay, let's drop back. Let's go in a low block and try and defend. But on Saturday, I just believed that they had the indecency in the game to get it to the players who could look after the ball and then hit Man City on their counter-attack. And it worked against them in the end. But I thought overall, Chelsea deserve a lot of praise. A few signs that um, Erling Haaland may well be human after all. <laughs> he, he struggles a little bit, um, despite his stature and his height, he struggles a little bit with his... his technique heading he's got that slight habit that I've seen a lot of players have that when the ball comes over that I think as just before they head it sometimes there's a tendency to to shut your eyes now I think we all do that but what I think the important thing is you've got to keep your eyes right on the ball to the end because automatically if you close your eyes slightly your head just dips a fraction and then you lose control of the ball and it can go high. It was something that I always worked on with a, an old coach of mine when I, from the age of 12, when I joined Leicester um, and he also trained the youth team at Leicester. So I was with him for like about seven years and his whole thing was about, we did a lot of heading, which slightly you worries heading? me for, yeah, I, I, I guarantee I scored more headers for England than you did, Alan. Ooh. F 15, I think. Was 15? it 15? Yeah, I think more than anyone. 
right. Yeah, Interesting. I think so. I'm, I'm, I don't want to boast on that, but I am boasting. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's easy yeah. to fucking fly when you've got Dumbo lugs, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yes, Alan, well played. <laughs> I was like you're, I was like Teddy Sheringham for you there. I was just knocking it across for you to pop it in the goal. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I, I quite like that one. That was quite clever. Um, um, so, yeah, but I mean, you, you know, in the second game, Micah, and I know that the main concern for you is, is your fantasy. So he'll come good and, and, and bang one or two in. But again, it, it's, it's a bit like we... T- we we spoke earlier. He'll keep getting in there, and the, he's you can see his absolute hunger and desire to score goals, and how gutted he is when he misses. I mean, he shows his emotions, doesn't he? Every single time. I think that's what we talk about, and that's why I always ask you about strikers and their their feelings about scoring and not scoring. He's just an absolute killer in 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 front of goal, and when he misses, you just know he's going to get another opportunity. And I'm praying. No disrespect, Brentford. He gets a hat-trick against <laughs> Brentford. Just for fantasy football. But he will. He'll get the opportunities. You know, if you actually look, he's similar to Mo Salah in... They score a lot of goals, but they do miss quite a few chances as well. But when you've got a team like Man City providing for you, you're always going to get them chances. Well, uh, you know, you score a lot of goals, you miss a lot of chances. I mean, That's the way it goes, that. isn't it? That's it. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Of the course. life of a striker. Yeah. Uh, with the odd exception like Alan Shearer and myself. Um, <laughs> um, while we, t- we, we spoke about Mo, Mo Salah, he, he came back for Liverpool yesterday, came on because obviously um, uh, Diogo Jota got injured and he was immediately a threat, uh, wasn't he? And, um, and And Liverpool, you know, the only I think the only probably concern you'd have with Liverpool is, is the amount of injuries, the number of injuries that they've got at present. Well, two more yesterday as well, wasn't it? Jota stretched it off. Jones went off as uh, as well. Um, yeah. And Nunez at half-time was taken Nunez, off as a cautionary. Yeah, half-time as well. Um, I mean, that's, I think that's Liverpool's strength is the options in, in forward positions. Um, but yeah, they've got, a, they've got a lot of injuries. But having said that, they still played really well yesterday. Um, they, they're looking... You know that belief that we're on about, and uh, they look as if they've they've got that belief. And and I know the news with uh, with Klopp and everyone saying, well, oh, they, they, they might just give a little bit extra to for 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 a send off from him. But yeah, they've they've got that they've got that belief that they can go and uh, that they can go and do it. And they're, they're playing some really good football, and they're looking impressive. They're banging in the goals, Michael. Yeah. How good is 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 Mo Salah though? Yeah, you know, you mentioned him just then. He's just, he comes back from AFCON, he's injured, he does his hamstring, he gets a goal and assist, comes off the bench, he gets a goal and assist like it's nothing. Like players would dream to do that. He's just such a special player, you know. I mean, there was was talks of maybe, is it the right time to to flog him in in the summer? But I, I just think he's so valuable to to Liverpool and what I think you're only want. saying that because she used to be his chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, he's a top player man. yeah I think a sign of, of, of great players really is that they don't you know you could say the same about Kevin De Bruyne they don't seem to need that much time to get back in the swing of things you know Salah's been injured De Bruyne was injured for a longer period obviously but like straight in and bosh here we go it's like we've never been away it's, it's absolute madness honestly yeah. it's yeah. madness it is Arsenal Arsenal oh. plodding on my, my tip for the title. Um, you know, oh, oh, his tip for the title <laughs> now. Oh, it was quite a couple of weeks ago. Well, you were giving me a lot of grief about it just before Christmas, but they're, they're still in there. Um, they're, they're, they're banging in the goals. That's 21 goals scored and only two conceded in the Premier League this year in 2024. Saka back to his best although I don't think he's ever been poor let's, let's, let's make that absolutely clear the same you can say I think for Erdegaard oh he was brilliant who's you know he's not quite had the numbers that he had the previous season but he's you know he, he was brilliant again yesterday mm. um, so many good players so much good football um, and they're very good at the back as well you know who's been key for them though with important goals Trossard yes because you know it probably doesn't get in everyone's starting eleven when everyone's fit, when Jesus is fit and Martin Lee's playing well and Saka's playing the way he is now. But 
it just brings something different to that team with these runs in behind, coming to the to the ball to link up, and then in front of goal, he's he's very clinical, isn't he? I mean, when he was at Brighton, we all knew he was a good player, but he's he's really come to Arsenal and fit in straight away. I just think to have that from the bench has been outstanding for him. And when he starts as well, he's scoring. So it's brilliant. Have you ever seen the artwork Scream? Scream? Yeah. Trossard looks a bit like that. Look it up. Google it. <laughs> lots of lots of people will know what I mean. Scream what the movie or artwork? It's, it's, it's a very famous painting. Google it now, Micah. There you go. It won't take you a second. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think <laughs> there you go that's the one that's the one he's got this thank you for that yeah I, 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 not really that's just a joke just a joke um, I, I, I mean Jesus, Jesus has been out injured hasn't he and it, it's questionable now where and whether he'd, he'd, he'd get back in and I thought as well you know Havertz is, is contributing as well so much for Arsenal leading the forward then eh there you go yeah there you go no, yeah. I mean City managed without an out and out centre forward for a while didn't they similar yeah, circumstances they're on, good, they're on a good run Arsenal they're scoring lots and lots of goals and it's going to be really exciting, isn't it, with the three of them now? It's all going to tell when they play each other. I think Arsenal have got to go to the Etihad. Man City have got to go to Anfield. They're going to be the key games. You know, where your confidence going into them games. Man City also got the, the Manchester derby as well, where in a derby anything can happen. I still back Man City to, to win it just because of... The chances they create. I, I think, think we all thought Man City were going to go on one of those things where they just win yeah. every single game. And that was kind of a little boost for everybody else yesterday that there are signs that, that they are beatable or that right, they didn't lose, but you know what I mean. Yeah, agreed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting though, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. I mean, by contrast, um, Arsenal gave Burnley a, a good thumping. God, it's been a tough season for, for Vincent and his side, hasn't it? And their supporters. It must be... I mean, obviously, our, our executive producer, my partner Tony Pastor, he's 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 constantly in a very very depressed state of mind with his team. Hey, anyone checked on him? He's okay, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> Bless him. He's not had much to shout about this season, has he? He keeps going to the games as well. He was up there again yesterday. And I said to I said to him the day before, I went, Are "You sure you want to go, Tony?" I said, "You're a bit sucker for punishment." He said, "I know, I know. We're going to lose four nil." Um, well, you were wrong, Tony. He lost five nil. <laughs> oh, At what point does Vincent Company become under pressure in terms of it? I mean, you know, he took them up in spectacular style um, last season. They, they spent a few quid in the summer, but it's uh, you know feel for him it's, it's it's really not worked but the difference between uh, Burnley and Luton and it's as if and, and I know you've got your philosophy of how you want to play but Luton want to stay in the division you know who they signed how they play the atmosphere they create whereas you look at Burnley and it's well this is how we're going to play regardless of what happens and we ain't going to change do you know what I mean? Do you, do you understand what I mean? And it's like, yeah. Do you think? Do you think perhaps Burnley are looking at it and Vincent's looking at it? It's more of a. I mean, this seems a bit mad, but um, more of a long-term project. They've signed young players, right? If we go down, we go down, but we'll come back up again. It, it, we're not looking at next year or the year after that. We're looking in five years' time. Really? I'm just posing a question and playing. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm saying, do you think there's a possibility that this is actually, no, it's a long-term project. And if we, if we hit a few bumps along the way, so be it. I think it's, it's a good point, but I, I don't think as a manager and as a club, you can afford to take that risk because we all want a long-term, we all have goals, don't we? Short, medium and, and long-term goals, but when you're getting battered every single week, it's doing no good for your, your confidence whatsoever. Then I think that's the first time they've been booed off this season as well. So you, you don't want the place to become toxic to say, okay, we're looking at a long-term plan. 
I still think companies are very good manager. I feel I agree with Alan in terms of they may have been naive in certain situations and they haven't adapted to what the Premier League needs because you can still play the, the way you want to play but just alter certain things. There's been so many times where Alan's come in and said, or oh, he sent it in, the, in a group chat, they're trying to play out again from the back. You can play out, but at the right times. And because it's a young squad, we're sort of using that as an excuse as, okay, in the future, they'll get better at that. But, you know, time waits for nobody. We want results now, and there's no guarantees now when you go down that you'll come straight back up. Alan, you've been pretty critical of Burnley from from the outset um, this season in, in the way they've gone about things. Um, do you think Do you think Vincent, perhaps because of all his success and stuff, has been perhaps overly stubborn at all? Well, probably yes, but he's got his beliefs, and you you have to you have to as a manager, you can't listen to the outside noise. You've got to say no. This is the way I'm going to play, and I'm going to stick to my principles. I mean, they have they have been so naive at times this season, and it has been a really difficult. I mean, I'm not a Burnley fan, but it's been a it's difficult watching them. I mean, yet even well, yesterday, you play for Blackburn, at, didn't you? <laughs> you look at some of the goals that they've conceded, and I don't go along with the, the thing. Okay, well, we're planning for next year or two years because. Many more of those defeats might not be in a job anyway. You can't you can't afford too many of of the, what happened yesterday. They're conceding too far too many goals. Um, they've never really given themselves a chance. There's, I I haven't thought once this season that Burnley will get out of the bottom three. Is, is anyone else? I mean, Mike, I thought before ball was kicked that they were going to yeah. stay up, but once there's not, I've not seen anything to suggest really that. They've got a really good chance of staying in the Premier League. I've never thought that. Has anyone else? Um, not since probably four, five, six games into the start of the season. Um, I, I kind of, I, I admire him in many ways for sticking to his principles. Yeah. Um, and I think he's he's handled things incredibly well, and he's always been remarkably composed, even after the mm. most difficult of defeats. Um, particularly yesterday. Yesterday, I think, was the first time he admitted that we just weren't good enough this is not acceptable sort of response so i suppose at the end if if it's not going to work for you at least you're going to go down you know your playing way. your way exactly. your way yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so exactly. yeah speaking of playing in a certain way i mean gary o'neill for for you know what job he's done with wolves and, and what a good side they look um you know neto's back flying the midfield two yesterday was highlighted by danny murphy on 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 match of the day were were, were exceptional gomez scoring um, both of their goals and what a win at tottenham what a job what a performance what a game what a win i mean not many people other than wolves fans and gary himself and the team would have would have thought that they'd gone there and and Beating Spurs the way they the way they did, I th um, what I saw, they were brilliant. He's doing a great job. I, I just think you know when you got a, a manager who he speaks very very well and he's clear in his plan, and it doesn't always happen that as a manager, but everyone on all the players have bought into exactly what he's trying to do, and he's playing attacking football, and that's what I mean. Where we, we're talking about company and they're trying to play like attacking style of football. If you tweak certain bits, it can work. And we've got to give so much credit to him because I, I always thought Wolves would be okay because I think they've got good players anyway. But to get them playing in this manner away at Spurs is a massive, massive... And all the games that they seem to be pl be playing, they seem to be in the game or having chances to... It's not like... It's a one-off or every five games they, they pull out a big result. It's like consistency is what the key is for me when I'm watching them. They always look like they can do something in the game and it's just, it's great to watch, it really is. They're only three points off what would be conceivably a European spot, seventh place. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. I mean, I, I didn't see Wolves doing as well as they're doing. I thought they'd be all right, but I didn't see them being in the position that they're in. So that's great credit to him and to his players for uh, for playing the way they are. Amazing. We'll 
drift further afar um, before we go, as, as as we like to do on a, as when we do our episodes on Sunday evening. Um, I don't know whether you've been keeping an eye on on things up north, uh, north of the border in in Scotland, where Celtic had quite a good lead. Um, I think seven point lead in September, um, but now Rangers with Celtic dropping points yesterday. Um, with a draw and um, Rangers won 3-0 uh, away at St Johnston. They're, they're now top. It's going to be quite tight, that, and quite exciting <laughs> in Scotland going into the... Not that they care that much about Celtic and Rangers up there. <laughs> I actually watched that game. Which game did you watch? At St Johnston Rangers. Chris, I did Chris as well. I watched, doing... it. I watched it today as well, yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, it was actually quite a good game, actually. That Campwell's a player, you know. Yeah. I know he was at Norwich and he's played... At, different mm. various teams but he's, he's got something especially for that league he's just a, a, a real star um, and the goals were good Tavernier by the way the right back yeah, he's, the he's got over a hundred goals I know he takes free kicks and penalties but he's got over a hundred goals from right back I know. it's absolutely ridiculous yeah who do you want to win, Rangers or Celtic? Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to get abused on social media. What? He's setting oh us up God. there. He's setting us right up there, isn't he, Michael? Uh, uh, Who do you want to win? Who do I want to win? I want the Read best team to right. win. May the best the team win. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, crikey. Um... <laughs> In Germany, in Germany. Oh, um, Leverkusen won on Saturday and then on Sunday, um, Bayern lost against um, Bochum 3-2. They were th- I think they, were, they, they went behind. Um, they were 2-1 behind and then um, Upa Meccano got a second yellow. Then they went 3-1 down and Harry Kane pulled one back, so obviously it's not his fault. <laughs> but um, eight points behind now. I mean, it's looking um, extremely unlikely that they, they'll win the league, I would say, particularly as Leverkusen have still, I think that meant they equaled Bayern Munich's all-time unbeaten record run at the start of the season, whatever you want to describe it. Um, but, um, wow, yeah, Leverkusen's still unbeaten and all that's left probably, realistically, you would think now, because eight points is a hell of a lead, is is the Champions League and that's they're trailing against Lazio. I suspect they might get through in that one, but they don't look like they've got enough. Thomas Tuchel, he must be under severe pressure because they don't usually, um, they don't piss about, shall we say, at, at Bayern Munich. Yeah, he's under huge pressure. He'll know that those running results are not acceptable uh, for a club that size, for who they've got. I mean, they've brought in one of the best forwards in the world, although, albeit he's still scoring goals for fun. Um well, I know he didn't in the last couple of games, and he'd certainly he didn't again didn't have a kick against Leverkusen, did he? Uh, but no, he's he's under massive pressure there, without a doubt. I wonder when the last time Bayern Munich lost three games in a week. Be going back a bit, I would imagine. I thought you were going to chuck the status then. I thought you had it. You'd done your homework. I just, I, I, I wish I had, but I've only just thought about it. So, <laughs> um, but, I, but hopefully by the end of this podcast, I can give you the answer. <laughs> Harry. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I think I think what this does it throws up a conversation, doesn't it? If if say um, Tuchel lost his job now then obviously there would be an opening at, 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 at Bayern Munich and who would they go for that now I very much the, the normal Bayern Munich way is like take away the opposing the best opposing manager and, and employment but I, I suspect that Xabi Alonso wouldn't leave now with an eight point lead and unbeaten all season you have to wonder what might what might happen there and the ramifications further down the line whether they'll try and poach Xabi Alonso in the summer in, in, and then he wouldn't go to Liverpool because obviously he was a Bayern Munich player. Real Madrid might want him. Um, so the, the old managerial roundabout, it, it goes. Uh, well, that's that was going to be my next point. I would be very surprised if, um, well, he wouldn't go now, obviously, but even at the end of the season, having said that he's run out of energy and he needs a rest, to then take Another job. I, I, I think he's. I think. I think he's got probably a bit more integrity than, than that. I, I, I believed him when he said he was running out of steam. Yeah, but does does he mean out of steam in in the Premier League? 
I mean, the Bundesliga, probably a little bit more straightforward, if, if I can say that. Obviously, this year has been a little bit different with Leverkusen, but usually they're favourites to win the, the league every year. Maybe he's just thinking Champions League. Is that the... I, I tend to agree with you guys, but I mean, we've got to speculate. We have to speculate, don't we? <laughs> I mean, so he's German. Phone. Bayern Munich could come available. You know, if Alonso mm. goes to Liverpool, then maybe not straight away, but yeah. when he comes back. I sense he'll take a year out, Jurgen Klopp. I, d I might be wrong. Or he might take an international job, which is not quite as, as demanding. Right, I've got a really interesting stat here for you. Uh, in May 2015, um, Bayern Munich lost three consecutive games in a week. There you go. It so went. it's um, nine years ago. Nine years Almost ago. nine years ago. Yeah, they lost to uh, Leverkusen, funnily enough, uh, Barcelona and Augsburg. So there you go. Thank you, Harry. Bail well me done, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anyone, anyone got a moment of the week? Have a little think. Alan Shearer's appearance on Match of the Day 2 in the Rezies. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, don't, you're trying to <laughs> uh, I'm only teasing don't say oh. that you're starting up some <laughs> I'll tell you what fuck moment of the week <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got one. Oh dear um, our podcast is moment of the week and yeah, um, uh, can I can I thank you everyone for your continued um, love for the I mean I don't know about you boys but I get stopped lots of times brilliant isn't and, it and it's sometimes I've, I'm walking by people they've got their, their their pods in or their headphones and they I'm listening to your podcast I'm listening I love it I love it, and it I mean it, I, it, it makes us feel good I mean it really does actually genuinely it's um, it's it's uplifting and heartwarming so um, so brilliant. thank you for all the kind words and uh, please keep listening are you glad we did it in the end, guys? Are you glad we well, started? Well, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I, I love doing it. I, I just, it's talking football. It's talking the thing that, that, that we love. The responses are amazing. You're right. It's the same yeah. wherever you go, wherever you, it, it, anywhere. People are like, I love your podcast. So, yeah, it's a great feeling. So, again, thanks, everyone. Well, the only problem is I have to speak and listen to you boring bastards every single <laughs> And there is, Mike, the moment of the week. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the moment of the week was your night out in Vegas. Ooh. How about that? I still haven't seen you in person to tell me what really happened. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, my glasses have started steaming up again. That's, that always happens. Okay, um, well, thank you um, very much, Micah and Alan and um, all of you for listening. That's it for this week. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Have a good week. <laughs>